and welcome to the Fast Leader Podcast. HFL is producing the podcast to help the ongoing learning of our alumni of Fast Lead Small Group Coaching and Leadership Development Program. We are also making this series available to anyone else new to people leadership or who are just interested in refreshing their existing skills. At HFL, we're about helping frontline leaders lead better and be the best leaders they can be because every employee should have an inspiring leader. Hello, my name is Darren Fox, and I'm your Fast Leader MC. And this episode of the Fast Leader Podcast is about how to cope with change as a leader when it gets done to you. And just as importantly, how do you lead change for your team when you didn't see it coming? While this podcast series focuses on first-time people leaders, I don't think anyone could argue that right now, everyone is feeling like they have just been thrown into the deep end without any training or support. There is no manager onboarding program or risk management strategy that would have prepared us for this. No one could have seen this coming. In the room today, and when I say room, mentioning virtual room because we are all operating from our homes at the moment because it is late March and we're following the social distancing rules. So from our separate houses in the room, we have myself. We have Alistair Gordon, who is CEO and principal consultant of HFL. Hi, Darren. How are you doing? And we have Dominic Johnson, who is principal consultant and chief facilitator and chief coach for many of our fast lead and expertship coaches from HFL. Hey, how are you? To get started, to, to say that we are now in truly unprecedented times has really already become a cliche. There is no management training that could have prepared anyone for this, but you've both been out there talking to a lot of our clients. What's your sense of what is going through the minds of new managers right now? And Dom, I thought I might start off with you. I think everybody's reeling because obviously no one's experienced anything quite like this before. New managers like the rest of us, they're worried about their people, they're worried about their health, they're worried about the ongoing nature of the business and their ongoing employment, they're worried about themselves and their families, their ability to meet financial commitments and so on. How resilient is the business to survive an indefinite period of lockdown? What will it mean? Will they have to lay people off? There's so many things that are just going through people's minds. It sounds like what people are telling you is that at the top of their mind is how is their business, the organization that they work for, how are they going to see this through? Yeah, that and a mixture of that as well as personal concerns. Everyone's trying to be as professional and as resilient as they can be, but everyone's destabilized. Alistair, what are you hearing? Very much the same thing, I think. I'm going to be maybe sort of slightly argumentative with you, Darren, to say that there's no management training that could have prepared us for this, because I actually think maybe not management training. I mean, if you're a megalomaniac, self-serving micromanager, then I think you're going to be in all sorts of trouble through this crisis. But if you are, you know, a consultative servant leader, and that's your that's your style, I think a lot of the things that many of us have been working on for many years, and, and a lot of the people in the Fast Lead alumni have been working on more recently, is around those leadership skills that help us get through this sort of scenario, working with their teams. The biggest problem is that everyone doesn't know what's going to happen next and when is it going to end. And, you know, the level of uncertainty, certainly I would say, is the highest it's probably ever been in any of these sort of crises. It's really going to need to bring the best of our leadership out of us, I think. Yeah, I agree. Certainly when you watch the news, there's no expert or anybody who's stepping up and saying, this is how it's all going to pan out. This is how long it's going to last. I think there's always light at the end of the tunnel, but I think in this instance, we don't know how long that tunnel is going to be. And so I think that's what's causing a lot of the uncertainty. Yeah. The one good thing that I've noticed that has started happening, they're now actually reporting the number of people who've recovered, which is really cool Mm. because before it was just 
how many people have caught it, but you can see the number of people who've recovered is going up and up and they're now beginning to differentiate between people who've got it and people who've got it severely and people who are in ICU. And I think that's just helping people recognise that while lots of infections are occurring, which is a very bad thing, clearly, nevertheless, people are recovering and there is a positive end game, not just a negative one. And I think that's a really important piece of advice right there in times like this or any times of uncertainty or stress is to try and go out there and find the positive and to search it out and share it. But there really hasn't been anything in the past that compares to these changes we are experiencing now. Do you have any stories that you might be able to share and the lessons you learned from dealing with a seismic, unexpected change that might help other people managers get through this? It was a GFC, perhaps, that was quite seismic. John? Yeah, thank you. Certainly the GFC was the only thing I can compare that came anywhere close. I and mean, that was purely economic. So it didn't have the sort of everyone's health at risk, complete lockdown component to it. I did find myself laid off during that period and it took me a little time to bounce back. I was lucky because I'd built a really good relationship. I had a skill set that was employable and I was able to minimize downtime. I still remember though going through sort of a shock, frustration, fear, anger period. And the quicker that you can process that, talk to friends, get a sense of your hope back. I think the quicker you can do that, the better. So that was probably the biggest way that it impacted me. It sounds like you accepted the fact that you, you weren't superhuman and it was okay to ask for help and to reach out and, and talk to others and how they were feeling and match that with how you were feeling in a similar way. Yeah, your confidence can take a knock because there is going to be so much uncertainty if there's a load of people laid off then you might find yourself competing in a marketplace with thousands of others. And so feeling confident that the world's going to be okay, you're going to be okay, that you've got a skill set that's in demand, you've got relationships where you're valued and so on. The quicker you can remind yourself of all that, I think the quicker you can shift your mindset into one of reasonable optimism as opposed to it's all doom and gloom. So obviously that just compounds the issue. It's interesting listening to you because in the GFC, I had a difficult time as well. But most of the disasters that I've had from a business perspective, I've been in my own making. I'm an entrepreneur and there's been moments where the business has gone really well and there's been moments where the business has gone badly. And I remember that I wasn't able to reach out to people because I didn't want to admit my own failings in some way. Whereas this is a bit different because no one can possibly blame anyone really for this occurring although a few people are trying. But the reality is that it's happening to all of us. We're all in the same boat. So there shouldn't be any impediment to reaching out and asking people, are you okay? And how are you going? And how's it affecting you? And certainly, I think I feel much more capable of reaching out to people today than I might have done in previous disasters. But the one lesson from previous disasters, Darren, for me is that as dark as it gets, you always eventually come out of it. I know loads of people who lost their jobs in GFC and ended up in careers that they enjoy much more than they did previously. And that's not me just putting a positive spin on things. The fact is that we're much more resilient than we think we are, and we're much more capable of being open to new things when things like this force us to think differently and act differently. I don't know whether there's hope in there or not, but I'm hoping that I'm giving you some hope. Yeah, I categorically agree. In my HR career in the past, I quite often counsel people the same way. In the GFC in particular, I had to help the organization let 20% of its shared services function go. And I was quite confident. I followed a number of people afterwards and I told them most people will find something better than what they left. 
and the vast majority of times that proved to be true or they found something similar. People didn't fall backwards. Most people do end up in a better place than when they left. Okay, thanks, Dominella. So that was really interesting. That is the end of part one of our podcast. Part two will be right back with some practical, implementable advice for leaders to help them better support their teams. And part three will focus on how leaders can better look after themselves. Experts and technical specialists have never been more important or in demand, but that's not reflected in the leadership training they're given. Unlock the business potential of experts with Expertship, HFL's new development program for the individual contributors, technical specialists, and other experts in your organization. If innovation and business agility are important to you, learn more at expertunity.global. Okay, welcome back. So now we're going to get practical and down to basics. Well, nothing like the virus has happened in 100 years and hopefully it never happens again. There are some fundamentals when it comes to managers dealing with change for their teams, regardless of the size of that change. I imagine this might lead to a bit, bit of a debate, but I'm wondering if we could discuss what you think those sort of top 10 fundamentals might be. Dominic, how about we start off with you? Yeah, well, we've given this a lot of thought in recent days. Communicating honestly and with vulnerability is a really, really big part of this. Uh, I remember seeing some research that came out from Gallup around the time of GFC. What do people want from their leaders? And it was trust, stability, compassion, and hope. And while some of those things might seem a bit of a stretch at the moment, I think communicating honestly and with vulnerability really conveys faith in the human spirit, builds trust, makes people feel cared for. All of this increases their resilience. It means there's no suspicion and grapevine and rumor mill and so on. And I think just helps people to outlast this thing. Okay. I really agree with the vulnerability bit that you said. What does that actually sound like? What are people observing when a leader communicates with vulnerability? It's permission for people to be themselves vulnerable and recognize their humanity. I mean, I think a lot of what we're hearing of the things that are giving people hope at the moment is care for the human spirit. Mm -hmm. When a leader isn't trying to be impregnable, when a leader's basically saying, hey, I'm also worried about what's going to happen. This is how I'm impacted as well. And everyone feels like they can also be human as opposed to just have to fake some kind of bravado or whatever. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's that ability to say, I don't know what's going on either. This is as much of a shock to me as it is, but let's talk through it. I think with this communicate piece, the thing I'd love to emphasize, Darren, is that it has to be communication rather than communicate. Communicate is one way the organization's communicating policy to us and we've got to do this and we must do this and we want you to do this and we want you to work from home and we want you to do X, Y, and Z. So a lot of communication in a moment of crisis tends to be corporates communicating one way, which I call communicate. Whereas for team leaders, like the fast leaders that we're talking to in this podcast, not only are we the leader of the team, we're a member of the team. And really, it should be about very strong two-way communication, finding out how they're thinking, what have they heard, just that real exchange of information so there isn't a vacuum into which we all start thinking the worst. That would be my advice. Another important aspect of managing change for others is that Change by its very nature makes people feel like they've lost control of their own destiny. And so a manager, in terms of having that two-way conversation, instead of just taking communique that's been handed down to then read off to their team, 
it doesn't help with helping people understand that they have control of destiny by being involved in that conversation through a two-way discussions, I think is probably one of the most critical things you can do in times of increased uncertainty and lack of control. Can I raise looking after yourself? Because a lot of the leaders that I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks are intensely concerned about their team members. Are they going to have to stand them down or are people going to lose their jobs? And they're, they're worried about their team members' families and their team members' finances and what have you. But it's that classic thing on an airline, isn't it, where they ask you to put your own mask on first and then fix everybody else's. I think at another time, Darren, you were mentioning exactly this example. I think most leaders are going to be no use to anyone and certainly not their team unless they're looking after themselves. And that means that they're also talking to other people and they're thinking through the challenges and they're getting advice from other people. So making sure that they're looked after as well, I think, is a really critical task. Mm. I think other things that uh, managers or anyone can do to look after themselves is really take time to be healthy. Fear and stress has an amazing negative impact on the mind and the body. And that can be counteracted by making sure you do get enough sleep, trying to find time or ways to exercise, try to eat healthy. Even some of that, some of the more physical side of these things have an effect on us emotionally in terms of taking care of ourselves. Dom, what about you? Another piece of advice for our managers? Yeah. So understanding that there are no right answers right now, everybody's in the same boat in terms of trying to figure their way through this. So leaders can take a lot of pressure off of themselves as being the person who has the right answer. Because if they're operating from that parental mindset, I have to look after the kids right now, that's not really that helpful to people. Creating a sense of agency with people, creating conversation. Like One of the most useful things that we've done as a team is that we've actually just brainstormed ideas about what's life likely to be like at the end of this? What things can we do to prepare ourselves? Everyone ends up with a sense of agency, that they're constructively engaged and you know, less fear and worry and doom and gloom. And what about this idea of, of Covey's sphere of control and sphere of influence? How does that play right now in terms of how a manager can better lead their team through change? Well, yeah, if all the conversation is about, oh, how many more infections have there been? And, you know, how many more clients have we lost? Or, you know, what's happening to the cash flow? These are all things that we can do very little about. And spending time on things you can do very little about disempowers you, ends up making you feel very small and helpless. Whereas if you start going, what's the stuff we can focus on? How do we get ourselves ready for the other end of this? What skills can we build in the meantime? What projects can we undertake in the meantime? You can feel constructively engaged. You can feel like you're going somewhere useful. At least you've got a sense of control. It's a much happier place. I definitely think it's lifted our spirits as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in terms of that sphere of control that a manager can play is, what can I control? What can I influence? And within that, a manager can still set a direction and a purpose within that for their people. And so what would that direction be? What is the objective? What is the goal? And maybe something quite different than it was a month ago before the change but there will be a direction that you can take the team within that new changed environment. I think that's a really important point. People need to be able to move forward. And the only difference at this stage of the game is that normally when we set a plan, we have a reasonably high expectation that it's the right plan for the right time and it'll be successful. Whereas now something might be announced or something might occur the next day, which immediately means that whatever you plan the day before is out of the window. But I definitely think it's a huge responsibility for us as leaders, both for ourselves and our teams, to get the team to talk about how can we move forward? What might work? What's an option for us to try? Let's at least be proactive 
rather than just sitting here waiting reactively to be victims and get on the front foot, I guess. And that requires leadership. It doesn't mean that you have to come up with the direction. The team might do that. But making sure that there is a way that people feel they're moving forward, I think, is a really vital leadership skill right now. And you'd be doing yourself and your team a big favor if you can find a way of doing what you're suggesting. And it does remind me, a few weeks ago, I was watching, I can't remember who was saying it, but it was a politician from another country saying that in times of uncertainty, when things are fluid and unknown and fast moving, it is better to decide than wait until you think you've got the right answer. So in instances like this, in terms of fast moving change, the end state is unknown. It is better to make a decision and then flex along the way. Darren, it was the guy who is a Scottish gentleman who is very experienced in fighting Ebola in Africa. And he said, what exactly he said is, if you wait until you know you're right, you're too late. So you've got to just have a go and flex, flex, flex. I think it's a very important point. Yeah, brilliant advice. I don't think we got to our top 10, but our top 10 will be available on our fastlead.com website for other people to check out later. That brings us to the end of part two of this Fast Leader podcast. Stay with us for the third part and final discussion where Dominic and Alistair and myself will share some learnings in terms of what we learned from our past experiences with change. Are you a frontline leader ready for your next step? Fast Lead Plus is a program of short, sharp, small group coaching sessions to prepare you to take that next step. In a small, tight-knit group, you're coached by an experienced leadership mentor with plenty of time between sessions to practice new skills and tools. Improve your leadership capability and confidence. Learn more at fastlead.com. Okay, welcome back. We've just finished talking about how managers may best help their teams through times of unexpected change. But it's very important to remember that this is an opportunity to learn. So the three of us are going to share some examples in terms of in previous change or this current change that we're experiencing right now. What have we learned and what are we learning? Alistair, are you willing to start? Yeah, I'd love to go first before Dominic steals on my lines. To your point, Darren, Whenever we are experiencing something new, there's an opportunity to learn. And quite often, we don't have any sort of system to learn. So a lot of the people listening to this podcast, Fast Leaders, will know we occasionally talk about making sure that we're capturing things that we've learned in a journal or what have you. And I think the last two weeks, I've learned a lot, some good and some bad. And I know that the next eight weeks, I'm going to learn even more. The trick for me will be to capture it and reflect on it day by day. I think the thing that I have learned in the last two weeks is truly how globally connected now we are as a world. The sheer speed of the disaster and its scale, as we're recording this, is about a third of the world's population are in lockdown. A third. Just extraordinary. I've also learned that dealing with something that's not my fault in a way is harder. (laughs) I can feel sad and mad about it, but it's not something that's within my making. So I found myself really struggling to deal with that. I found that people are amazing at being able to accept a new reality. And Dominic was mentioning that, you know, we've been sitting around and come out with ideas and what have you. And some of the ideas are fantastic. And you ask yourself, what did we think of those before? 
Why does it take a crisis like this to think of some of those ideas? It's proved to me what I've already always known, that people can be tremendously innovative if they're given the chance. But I think our corporate cultures generally get in the way of that. And now the structure is not there. I think people are really coming up with it. And the third thing that I've learned, which has been a bit more difficult for me, is that I have to keep resetting myself every day. I had a very dark day a couple of days ago. Every single piece of news was an absolute disaster. And yet yesterday was a fantastic day. Some people did some incredibly wonderful things and some people even bought some leadership development. Who knew that they, this would happen in the middle of all of this? And I've had some fantastic comments and reach outs from colleagues. So I think my learning is that I need to really review what's changing and I need to make sure that my head and my heart is right. If those two things are right, then I can be a positive influence on other people. It's fantastic. Thanks, Alistair. What about you, Don? What can you share with us in terms of what you've learned in the past or what you're learning right now? Yeah, I'll also talk about what I'm learning from this whole experience. I think the pace at which it's actually taken over has been extraordinary. I think, you know, I might have heard about something to do with the virus in January. I think the first client who pulled a program, because our business has historically at least often had involved a lot of face-to-face engagement. They said something about a travel ban and I assumed, oh, it's just a CFO scrimping and scraping. It didn't even occur to me, oh, actually, we've got a global pandemic. And within days, we're practically in lockdown and we're hearing about these increased numbers everywhere. And initially, just like everybody else, I suppose it just centers reeling. But it was also just how quickly the team responded. We're having daily check-ins. We've regathered around the strategy. As Alistair said, we're rethinking a lot of our products, moving towards things that can be delivered remotely. And I'd say we're probably more cohesive and strategically focused now than I can even remember. And so just how quickly human beings can put their ingenuity to work. And sometimes it actually does take a crisis, doesn't it? It takes the old way to be forced to break before you actually are either desperate enough or creative enough to actually find a way through. So I've been seriously impressed at how we've regalvanized and refocused and actually feeling quite optimistic. No one knows how long it's going to last. No one thinks it's going to be easy, but definitely feel a great sense of agency. And I think that's been to do with these daily check-ins and, yeah, quality of the conversation. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Darren, I'll ask you what you've learned in a second, but it does strike me that as a team, we're all working from home, like many, many organizations are, but actually we're interfacing socially with each other more than we probably did when we were all in an office, heads down bums up, just working hard, even to the point where everybody has been messing with their backgrounds on Zoom, for example. Darren came up with a brilliant one the other day, which was of the zombies, a bit of dark humor. So Darren, you've recently joined the organization and you've moved from a very large organization to a smaller one. What have you been learning? Well, I think what I've been learning recently has reinforced what I've learned over maybe This might be what I think about maybe the third significant change or crisis that I've experienced. You know, the last one was the GFC, but even more recently was a period of quite a significant personal tragedy that I went through. And in all three of those instances, well, the first time was a bit rough, but I very quickly realized that situations like this are, can be viewed as a luxury because you're given an opportunity like you've never had before in terms of to learn about yourself, learn human nature, learn how crises like this really can bring the best out of people. And our best learning opportunities, especially from a leadership perspective, are right here and right now. 
And it is only up to you then to make that decision and that change in mindset is right now, I can choose this as a luxury because I can't control it, but I can choose how I manage it and react to it. And so I choose once again to learn from this. And I do see light at the end of the tunnel. And I do strongly believe that the world will be a better place once we get through this. Mm. It is interesting how you get a very good sense of who's capable of stepping up and who's capable of leading into the future and who's capable of positive acts of kindness and outreach and what have you. When I think about the group that I regularly work with, I've heard from half of them and from half of them I haven't heard from. And similarly, I've reached out to quite a few and there's some that I haven't reached out to. So there's quite a lot of learning about relationships that matter and people who can be a positive contributor in one way or another, isn't there? Yeah, I completely agree. And even what I'm seeing around me, you know, there's a teddy bear drive going on so that kids who are going for a walk, they can go on an adventure hunt or a treasure hunt of teddy bears that people have put into their windows or onto their front properties. My parents live in Canada still, and I found out that some neighbors who they barely know put a note on my father's car window to say, if you need any help with anything, because they're quite elderly now, just let them know and they'll go do their grocery shopping or whatnot. So it's really bringing the best out of people. And I think once we sort of get used to this situation and start learning how to operate and survive in this situation, more and more of that sort of good nature in us will come through. All right, that brings us to the end of our podcast today. I'd like to thank Alistair and Dominic for their time. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Darren. If you have enjoyed this podcast, then check out the helpful material we have posted on Fastly.com, such as the article Managing in a Mega Crisis. You can also follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn via HFL Leadership. So what have you learned from our guests in today's podcast about leading change through a crisis? We have one, learned that you as a leader need to look after yourself too. Take care of your health. A healthy body leads to a healthy mind. We have learned you need to communicate honestly, transparently, and with vulnerability. You don't have to be a superhero and know all the answers. And as Alistair said, it's communicate and not communicate. That means creating a two-way conversation. Also, nothing is ever totally out of control. There are things you can control and influence. Focus on that. Reshape the goals for your team and keep a sense of moving forward. Finally, we all have a choice. No one chooses to be in a crisis like what we are facing now, but we can choose how we react to it. We can choose to view this as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to learn and stretch ourselves to be the best leader possible for our team. We can choose to take our own steps to ensure the world is a better place when we finally see the end of COVID-19. Thank you for listening to the Fast Leader Podcast. I'm Darren Fox, Chief Research Officer and Principal Consultant at HFL. You can email us at info at with any questions, but really, we'd love to hear your ideas about topics for future podcasts. You can also check out the FastLead website, fastlead.com, for supporting material from this podcast. Watch out for our future podcasts as we explore each of the 14 FastLead topics in more detail and discuss some of the latest management research, news, and topical issues of the day. And until next time, this has been the FastLead podcast. Thank you. Thank you.